One more day. Folks, we are almost there. It is Black Friday. It's the podcast daily. There's no better way to prepare for the game Saturday at noon than with some bold predictions. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. And as per tradition, we must first check in with Berm on his latest vibes. I think they're on a shirt. Hey, <laughs> buddy, you know that there's an audio-only version of this podcast, right? No, they, they they felt it. They knew what was happening. Oh. Well, Berm was showing off his t-shirt for those of you on the audio-only platforms, which says, Ohio against the world. But he and lives in Michigan. And I mean that in the best possible way. I mean that in, like, I'm rooting for the Bengals. I'm rooting for the Browns. I'm rooting for the Reds, the Guardians, the Blue Jackets. I'm rooting for everyone from Ohio all the time because I'm from Ohio, and that means a lot to me. Well, there is another playoff game on Saturday for an Ohio team. How dare you leave the crew out? Oh, I forgot about them because I like real sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We don't have time to argue about that nonsense because the most important game of the season is a little over 24 hours away. Bill, get us back on track. Give us the first bold prediction for Ohio State, Michigan. Sure thing. Uh I like Emeka Ibuka to build on uh, looking like himself again last week, showing that explosion, and he does that by scoring two touchdowns in this game against Michigan, one receiving, one rushing. Um, I think we saw Emeka be kind of the security blanket for Kyle McCord the last time he was in a game similar to this one. I'm not saying the trip to Notre Dame is exactly the same. This is clearly something much different, but on the road against a really good team, Kyle found Emeka a lot. I could see that happening again against this Michigan defense, especially if they end up selling out against Marvin Harrison Jr., which you know I, th I think they could end up doing. Um, and on one of those connections, Emeka will find the end zone. And then when Ohio State gets down into the red zone and is trying to finish off drives, I think it is an all-hands-on-deck approach, as I said earlier in the week, and that will involve Emeka being involved in the run game. Now, I'll put a caveat on this. If it is a pop pass that technically goes into the stat book, as a pass, I am counting that as a run for the purposes of bowl predictions. So I will claim that as being correct if and when no. it happens. Yes. No. Yes. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. I was going to, I'll give it to him. specifically predict an Emeka Ibuka pop pass touchdown for my own enjoyment. So you can't have it as a run. You, if you want him to score on a pop pass, you need to say so right now, Bill. I think that this is But important. they count it as a run. Yeah. I think no, they, they count don't. it as a pass if it's a pop yeah, pass. Yeah, they do. Um, they turn no. it as a run. No, look Just at the because, stat Bill. No, he's saying no, that Ryan Ohio Day counts, does. It, oh, counts it as yeah. an extension of the run game, which let's is fair, but not accurate. Let's do it this way. <laughs> we'll we'll put a, a a poll on the video, and Austin and I are on different sides of this. I give Bill the nod here. Austin says no. We'll let the we'll let the viewers decide. And okay. if the poll will ask is a pop pass, should the pop pass count as a run touchdown for Emeka Buka if he gets it this weekend? Before well, we, uh, I just want to let the Ohio State fans know that I did pick Ohio State to win. Please keep that in mind when deciding whether or not to vote on my yeah, side. If you haven't watched the pick hey, show, you could watch that. We Bold Peace used to be a proper podcast with full <laughs> drill downs, and now Bill's out here trying to drill up. Give me credit for extra stuff. It doesn't have to count. What is this? Uh, this it's about time we started drilling up. It's a society full of declining expectations. What do you expect? 
this is we don't, life now. The standard is the standard on this show. We don't have to succumb to societal norms with, if that's what they expect. We drill down, baby. Drill, baby, drill. Okay. You got Just it. Anyway. Well, Bold prediction <laughs> number one. Ameka and Buka will score on a pop pass. Well, <laughs> And it'll be a rush. <laughs> anyway. Is so it my turn or is that yeah. your first one? Well, I got to find something else. I can't do that now. Uh, I've been thinking about this throughout the week, and I, I was under the impression early that I thought Michigan would do a lot of uh, too high shell type stuff and, and, you know, constantly shading a safety over to, to help on Marv. I, the more the closer we get to the game, I don't think that's, the, I think they're going to blitz the hell out of Kyle McCord on Saturday. And I think that they're going to rely and, and, and let him beat them or not. And I, that was the Ohio State approach a year ago with JJ McCarthy. And unfortunately for Ohio State, Michigan knew exactly when Ohio State was doing it and where the the holes were going to be in the in the uh, coverage because they knew the plays ahead of time. Um, Ohio State doesn't have that luxury, but I I do think that this is a game where Kyle McCord is going to be pressured a lot, a lot. Like he's one of the five best quarterbacks in the country, rating wise, when he's not blitzed, and one of the ten worst or something when he is blitzed. So I think Michigan's just going to bring the house all day long, and to me that opens up the door for Travion Henderson in a way that I, I don't think. You know, we, we've been talking about Trey as a big component in this game, but I think him in the outlet game and the screen game is really where he's going to make a difference on Saturday. Um, I think Trayvon Henderson's going to have three touchdowns. I'm not going to say they're all receiving. I could see two rushing, one receiving. I could see two receiving, one rushing. I could see three rushing. Three touchdowns for Trayvon Henderson in this game as he is the guy that will make or break uh, the final outcome, I think. But it really is going to depend on how quickly Kyle McCord can find who he's looking for because I really do think Michigan's going to blitz him a ton. I think you're right. I think it's wild that we don't even have to say that Michigan allegedly knew the other team's playbook and signs. They've never denied it. Why should we? They never. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's how quickly this thing went. There's, like, It's just a, an accepted fact, which is sad um, in many ways. But Seasonal effectiveness disorder. Comes yeah. for us all. Yeah, that's true. It does. I don't feel it. I actually I like this time of year. It's my favorite. Allie said she was disappointed when it was raining earlier in the week, and I'm like, "Cold rain, I'm cool with it. Yeah, nothing's you, gonna, nothing's gonna get me down. It's like weird. It's weird to be the all the time shorts guy and the I like cold rain guy. I feel like they should be different just, guys. Yeah, I'm a strange person. That's just <laughs> just have to call it like it is. Um, I have this uh, weird feeling that both of Ohio State's top tight ends are going to score in this game. And I already made a, a prediction on the pick show that Cade Stover was going to get one. And part of that was my thinking of like Michigan doing things to account for both Marvin and Emeka and that the middle of the field will be open for Cade and that I, that feels like an, a no-brainer. But I thought about like similarities to this game and the sign-stealing operation, legal sign-stealing operation that Brent Venables and Clemson had and some of the solutions that Ohio State came up with in that game, which is like using that two tight end personnel grouping so they could run, you know, both pass and run plays out of it. The huddle stuff that they were doing, like kind of sugar huddle uh, and then mixing in tempo and then a lot of interesting route concepts with both Jeremy Ruckert and uh, Luke Farrell to the same side of the formation. And I think that that same sort of thing can happen with Cade and G Scott Jr. Um, and I think, so I, I'm talking myself into and drilling down to both tight end scoring, a Cade touchdown 
and a G Scott Jr. touchdown in this game to uh, help power that offense. Like Marvin can get a bunch of catches and a bunch of yards. Emeka can do the same thing. But I don't. I'm, I think there's a chance that Marvin might not score a touchdown in this game, and it won't matter. That might be bold prediction number two, that Marvin's not going to score a touchdown. Hey, so it's a bold prediction on top of a bold prediction. I'm stacking them. It's a bold prediction parlay. I'm <laughs> drilling down. If Berm's not going to get crazy this week, then I will. You're stacking up while drilling down? That doesn't make any sense. I didn't nothing, say it had to make sense. you're saying makes sense. It's Freaky Friday, man. There's no rules. Hmm. Is it my turn again? I guess. Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Michigan won't rush for 100 yards in this game. Ooh, okay. doggy. That is like that. Is that bold? Um, I'm just not impressed with their rushing attack. And maybe I'm being duped by something. I, I don't know. But I, I've watched a fair amount of Michigan this year. I think their offensive line is okay. The interior is good. The tackles, I think, are just like fine. Something's different about Blake Corum. Um, he's not as explosive as he was last year. I, part of me actually wonders if some long-term damage might have been done to him last year when he clearly should not have played against Ohio State, and then Jim Harbaugh tried to play him because he's just not the same running back that he was a year ago. The, the, the lack of explosion is, is kind of startling. With the run game as a whole, Donovan Edwards is, has not been as good this year as he was last year, and I don't see like a very efficient rushing attack, and I know people made a lot of – Michigan running the ball however many times in a row it was against Penn State. They averaged like 3.3 yards per carry in that game, and a lot of the the damaging stuff was on third and long when Penn State was playing them the pass and rushing everybody up the field, and Michigan just ran a draw play and got a first down. I don't think Ohio State's going to do that. And Ohio State's rush defense, I think, has been pretty good. There have been some cracks here or there, like Notre Dame did some stuff. Rutgers did some stuff. But I think largely it's been reliable, and I think we're going to see the best version of it on Saturday because I think Ohio State will want to make this a game where J.J. McCarthy has to beat them by playing quarterback, and I don't, I don't, I don't know that he can do that. So I think this is an, a, an excellent rushing defensive performance from Ohio State that keeps Michigan under 100 yards for the first time since they lost their playoff game to Georgia a couple of years ago. How many yards rushing did J.J. have against Penn State of, of the Michigan total that day? Because it seemed like he had a fairly decent number in that I game. I can tell you that in a second. Um, yeah, he had against Penn State uh, eight carries for 34 yards. So a couple of those are sacks, I'd imagine. So I, I don't know what it was sack adjusted, but he finished with 34. It felt like every time he ran, though, to Berm's point, it was getting a first down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely had one that was like third and 10. They ran J.J. and he got a first down. And there was another like Donovan Edwards run on third and eleven when he ran for a twenty-two yard touchdown. It's just like I don't I don't think Ohio State's gonna let that happen. Oh, I'm think, thinking about it. He's been uh, worried I, about the rush defense. He's really no, I mean, yeah. he's gonna argue. He's gonna argue with you, Bill. I'm worried about I'm I'm concerned about the injury to JJ McCarthy and how real it is and how much that affects things. I think it's also so like bizarre because this this conversation about JJ last year was JJ McCarthy can't beat Ohio State with his arm, and then he did exactly that. But then, like, because of everything that's happened with Connor Stallions, we look at it from a different lens than we did a month ago. And I think that it's hard to truly know what he's capable of because his numbers, the kid hasn't thrown a touchdown in a month. So, like, that's that's wild. He hasn't thrown a touchdown since October 21st against Michigan State. Um, and any one of us could throw a touchdown against Michigan State, I think. So I did um, throw one. He did. I remember that. I remember, yeah. You were in in the fourth quarter. I remember that. Um, yeah. But I think J.J. McCarthy has 
a ton of talent, a lot of upside, but I also think he is a player that if you get him off his base, he is willing to make some risky uh, throws and take some some chances that he otherwise shouldn't. I think that's why Michigan in the last few weeks has decided, let's take the game out of his hands and not let him do that. Because now that they don't know everyone's pressure situation and know where blitzes are coming from, you've seen the increase in, in JJ's uh, sloppiness. And I, I, that's why I think that, Austin, your prediction a week ago of Steel Chambers was just a week too early. Uh, I think that this is the week that Steel Chambers will have an interception. Um, I'm not going to compound it with a fumble recovery and a touchdown and a sack and all that. But I do think that Steele has proven in these types of games where he's got to be put on a tight end. And we're not talking about, you know, Colston Loveland's a good tight end, but I don't think that's going to be a matchup that Steele's in most of the time. I think that's Sonny who will handle that when they're when they're really having him uh, out in, in routes. But Steele against like A.J. Barner or someone else, their backup tight ends, I think Steele can win those. And I think he will win one with an interception on Saturday. That's a good point. J.J., because of his self-confidence, <clears throat> I think he's going to be more than willing to try and test Denzel Burke. And I think that that would be a massive mistake. Denzel has been practically begging for teams to throw on him and an opportunity to make a big play. I thought Tuesday, that's the first time we've talked to Denzel in like two months, right, Bill? I mean, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, and I miss it because he is the truth teller. He, like the first month of the season, and then before the injury, he was there for every game. You know, he was regularly available. He was, you know, talking about how I wish we'd had him on Saturday night to talk about the two field goals the last two weeks breaking up the mm -hmm. shutouts. Cause like in September, he's like, Yeah, we should have shut these bums out. I'm like, that's a pretty cool thing to say. Uh <laughs> Jordan nearly did that for you on Saturday night. Yeah, no, he was close. He was close. He he wasn't quite willing to go quite to Denzel's level and call them bums, but saying congratulations on scoring points is a, is pretty close. It's a much more uh, optimistic way of doing it, I suppose. But I think Denzel is going to make a major impact in this game. J.J. McCarthy will try and test him, probably under pressure. Jack Sawyer coming around the edge, forces him to get out there and roll. And Denzel's going to take an interception back to the house, to the big house, to the crib. And uh, that will be another Ohio State touchdown. Denzel Burke with the pick six. Hello. Three touchdowns for you. Uh, 43 yards. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Describe the play in intimate detail, please. Yeah, I think it'll be one of those weird play actions that Michigan runs where they actually don't, they're in shotgun. They don't actually give the fake to anybody. Donovan Edwards just kind of like runs straight to the flat without looking for the football. And then JJ will roll to his right. Jack Sawyer will win his matchup easily. Whoever's playing left tackle this week, I don't even know. It won't matter. Jack wins. He flushes JJ to the right. Denzel's in coverage. Tries to throw like a 15-yard comeback route. And Denzel's like, no. Across yeah. the body. Yeah. And, and Denzel takes that. And he's gone. And then JJ pulls up and doesn't even try and tackle him. That'll be the crazy part. Oh, wow. like, Ooh, it's a business decision. So because that's, the, knee, the knee will start hurting as soon as that interception I, is. I don't know that part. I don't know. I just know he's not going to try and tackle Denzel. It's my favorite thing in sports is when guys who are hurt a little bit like go out there and play their way through it, and then whenever they have a play that is not ideal, they all of a sudden begin to limp again. That's my favorite thing in sports. <laughs> We've I, love all it. I love it more than anything. It's like, oh, 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 I forgot. Oh, I'm in pain now. I'm hurting. 
The last two years, we called that a Tyleek Williams, but we can't do that anymore because he has erased all of that with a fantastic season. Yeah, he's playing and I just want to make sure that I give him credit for that because he's still, I don't think he's ever been 100% this year, but you haven't seen any of that from him. I think he's going to have a big game too. So I'll stack on top of it three oh. tackles for loss for Tyleek Williams. Wow. We're just, oh, that's like six bold piece for you already. I love uh, it. I love it. It is for Berms, Berms, Berms too nervous to do it this week, and somebody's got to. That's part of bold piece. That is part of bold piece. You're right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stack some predictions here, but it's all for one player. We're all gonna get one. a we're gonna get a JT Tuimolowal legacy game Ooh, on all Saturday. Right. Uh, I don't think Michigan's tackles are very good, as I said earlier. Their right tackle Carson Barnhart, I think, can definitely be gotten. We'll see what happens at left tackle, but I would like to see JT line up across from from said right tackle uh, on every play if we can make that happen. Uh, I think he will lead Ohio State's defense in tackles. Let's call it uh, eight. Okay, I think he will have. I think he will have three tackles for loss. I think he'll have a sack. I think he'll have a forced fumble, and I think he'll have a pick. Oh my! Yeah, how about that's that? a super stack. That's a suit. Yeah, that's the, the JT Tuimolowal. We'll never forget this guy. Super stack. I'm going to go win the rivalry game by myself. He has a knack for these in the big games, doesn't he? He elevates his he game. Yeah, and I think he's um, in the middle of the year. He was like a total, total game record. Teams could not handle him. And I think around the Wisconsin game, right, he had that weird play where he got kind of folded in half or like, I don't know, split in half maybe is a more, more appropriate way to say it. And I don't think he's quite played the same since then. Maybe, maybe he's dealing with a little bit of something. But I think he just lets it all out in this game. Whatever, whatever he's got in the tank comes out against Michigan. And I think it's favorable matchups for him and Jack Sawyer to, to have a big impact on this game. But because JT has the track record of showing up um, in big games like this, I think we see it against Michigan. Yeah. He got speared against Wisconsin. Then Rutgers did whatever they wanted running the ball. And, and it wasn't really a good day for, for JT. Then against Wisconsin, against Michigan state, he ends up getting bent in half. And I, I just don't think his back has been right since that play in the Wisconsin game. So, but he shows up when it matters. That's what he does. That's what JT do. You know, he sure does. You know, Michigan is the least penalized team in college football. They've only been you penalized don't stay. 32 hmm. times this season and through 11 games, 32 penalties accepted, uh, which is the lowest in college. football. Well, hold on. They have been penalized six games for their head coach. That does not count for this. Oh, okay. Uh, Michigan is going to have, this is a weird bold P. Michigan will have more <laughs> penalties on Saturday than Ohio State. Because no way. Ohio State is You're dreaming. an undisciplined team at times. Ohio State is going to come out playing with some emotion. I think Michigan has a better chance of Ohio State, or than Ohio State this weekend of losing their cool in, in, a, in a key moment and because they are feeling some sort of way about how you know things have gone. Which, whatever, it's your fault. You did this to yourselves. I hope you suffer. But I do think that there is a potential for them to play a little uh, outside of their heads this weekend. And like, I think it could be like a Donovan Edwards getting a, a personal foul, like hitting somebody in the face when he shouldn't. Uh, something weird. I, I just think that, that we've seen Michigan play very composed, but they haven't been tested until last weekend. Uh, I don't consider the Penn State game a test because much like the Ohio State game against Penn State, there was no way Penn State was going to score enough to win. Um, Maryland outplayed Michigan a week ago. That's the first. I don't think anyone's outplayed Ohio State this year. 
And until the Maryland game, I don't think anyone had outplayed Michigan, but Maryland gave them the game by giving them 18 points. So uh, I think that Michigan is slight, slightly, ever so slightly on tilt right now. And I, I would not be surprised if they lose their cool this Saturday. And I think they will draw more penalties against them than Ohio State does, which, again, doesn't seem like a big, bold P. But in this game, that matters. And they have been the best in the country at not getting called for stuff this year. Berm, you know better. You've been covering this game. They're allowed to do whatever they want. On well, I'm not saying they're going to get called for any holds. I mean, that's 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 no, no, no. I'm talking about what you're saying. Like, they're allowed to just go like twist off J.K. Dobbins' shoe or grab Cam Brown's injured ankle and like get him ejected from the game somehow. I like they never get called for that stuff. Like, I here, here, okay, let me stack on top of this bold prediction. If somebody decides to do that this weekend, the the Ohio State player on the receiving end of that sort of shenanigan. Uh, will not be facing the Michigan team alone. That uh, that is a guarantee. That's that is a fact. I wouldn't be. I mean, I I'm I'm so close to saying that this game will be called off in the middle of third quarter because <laughs> of a stadium clearing a stadium clearing ball. <laughs> you know, this would have been the perfect year for them to take my suggestion and just play Ohio State Michigan in Indianapolis and call it the it, Big Ten Championship game. It would sure be a lot safer for everyone. In Hoosier Dome, baby. It, yeah, put it in that Hoosier Dome, Gene's favorite place. You don't have to worry then. The Big Ten officials don't have to make – I don't know what kind of like peace line they're going to form in the tunnel. I don't know how they're going to keep that safe. It won't be. They sent out this thing on uh, Wednesday about the pregame details. They're like uh, Michigan's arrival through the tunnel will be at whatever it was, 12-10. And uh, Ohio State's will be at 12-11 and 30 seconds. 90 seconds is all that it takes, and they're not going to like – co-mingle and brawl in the pregame tunnel? Yeah, they probably won't be standing there behind them the whole time. I mean, what are we doing? And why is Michigan allowed to continue to have this? It's so dumb. This game should have been yeah. in Indianapolis. It's, uh, yeah, it's 12, 1209 Michigan takes the field. 1210 and 30 seconds Ohio State takes the field. Mm. And the kickoff is 1214, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, Take what could go corner. wrong? And that's senior think day. Lots of lots of shenanigans. I think four players are going to get ejected. That's my final bold prediction. Um, you want to drill down on who they are? <laughs> no, I don't really. Cam Brown, he's going to find a way to show up and get ejected. I, they should let Cam Brown come back and like get his ret retribution. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's going to be ugly. And I, I've talked about it since Sunday with Zach Bourne about like the danger and the boiling pot and people in the woody calling it a hornet's nest. And we've all been there. We've all covered it. We know that even in the best of circumstances, like that's about the most uncomfortable place that you can be before the game, when the buses arrive and, and all that. I, I don't think there's enough security that they could put in place for that. And I think that there's going to ever in five years, they're going to have a new highlight reel. Like, you know, it used to just be Bradley Roby and Marcus Hall and like, you know, punches from the 90s like there could be 10 new clips from this game i think it's going to be on the knife's edge and like probably reckless i hope that it you know i hope it doesn't come to that but i don't think that the officiating crew can take any chances with letting this get into a brawl we've seen that happen in the big house before um in that 2013 game We've seen it in a lot of other circumstances. I guess the last time in the big house with Cam Brown against guys coming off the Michigan bench. Like, I think there's going to be fights, and I think there's going to have to be ejections. Not for targeting, 
four fights. Do you think that there's a scenario here where Ryan Day gets ejected? If he if there's a couple calls that go against Ohio State, knowing how animated he's been throughout this year and knowing how much more this one means to him that there's a chance he loses control. Well, he's been close. Like they've had two enforced sideline infractions this year. One on Mickey Marathi and one on Ryan Day. Like they've been pretty pretty loosey goosey with that sideline control. And I don't know, maybe you're right. I, I don't I'm sure that he's not going to push it to the point of getting tossed himself, but They've got it. They can't afford to have those penalties, which include the coaching staff. Maybe he would do it just to be a nice guy and even the playing field. Michigan doesn't have its head coach, and he will fall on his sword to make sure that Ohio State doesn't either. Just walk him and walk a mile down the street and knock on Jim Harbaugh's door and like demand that he. Where do you think Jim Harbaugh is going to watch this one now that they're at home from his house? I'm sure they have a football office that he will be very close by that he'll be at Jim Beckler Hall, so he can just get over there right away after the game if they win. Big glass of milk, yeah. Mm, Or if they lose. Either way, I think he'll get over there right after the game. If they lose, he's probably going to be like in Los Angeles trying to get the Chargers job. Probably not that fast. I think he would probably has to pick up a whistle or something. Hmm. Oh, I forgot. I left a whistle at the stadium. I've got to go. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds just like him. Yeah, this is my Jim Harbaugh impression, guys. That's me. Coach Hobbs. We're going to have to work on that one uh, later on on Friday night during road breaks. I need both uh, glasses. Bug <laughs> eyed. Well, you, you need more than just that if you're going to do a good Jim Harbaugh impression. But um, you can milk. have a couple beers instead and work on that during road breaks later tonight, Friday, uh, as we get ready to cover the game on Saturday. We'll have pregame keys Saturday. Bill and Doug will be in the big house. They'll have the post game live. We'll get into all that. Uh, snap judgments in the notebook as well. And if Berm survives on the sideline on Saturday, he'll join me for those shows. Again, buddy, there's an audio only. You have to say it. You can't just hold up your shirt. I say nothing. He says nothing. He speaks with actions. See you What's guys your vibe? Tonight. What's See your you vibe? Tonight. See you guys tonight for, for road breaks. Looking forward to that. Um, you know, we're good. We're good to go. I'm nervous. This game. That's now we're getting close. It means so much to so many people. I don't think people can, you just can't grasp it. I know. I mean, Austin, you've lived it now for a decade, but uh, you, you can't possibly understand what it means to the people that have spent 60, 70 years in this rivalry. Families. I'm going to do my best to cover it for them. to the best of my ability. Uh, And I hope that they enjoyed getting one day closer with us on uh, the bull. What do we call this? Bold peas. This uh, is called bold predictions on bold the podcast. Predictions on the podcast, by the podcast on a Freaky the Friday. Po- the podcast daily. It has too many names. I can't keep them all straight. Doesn't matter. We're, we'll just call it the game tomorrow. That's nice and easy for me to remember. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your Black Friday. We'll talk to you tomorrow in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. See you then.